This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Hello and welcome to Savor, a production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have an episode for you about pina coladas. Yes! <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Oh, I feel so sorry for you, Lauren. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shouldn't have pineapple. Shouldn't have pineapple. So uh, uh, I, I can have other coladas. I could have fruit mixed with other frozen drinks in various capacities. Not the same. Well, that's something. Know, uh, it's, it's something, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> as always with these, drink responsibly. Of course. Yes. Of course. Um, I I believe I've told this story before. I love pina coladas. I haven't had one in a long time. Because mm-hmm. um, I definitely, like, I liked sweeter cocktails when I was younger. And sure. then I sort of migrated away. When I'm on, like, a good beach, I think the last time I had one, I was on a beach. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. That's, one of those that's good, the ideal. Good yeah. beachside bars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A little bit trashy, a little bit delicious. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But you know what you're getting and you're oh, happy yeah. about it. Oh, yeah. Um, but my first experience with the pina colada actually was a non-alcoholic pina colada. Sure. Because in the town I grew up in, which is a very small town, um, they have this huge touristy festival called Gold Rush in October. And it's like the whole thing. It's a whole thing. If you've, <laughs> uh-huh. you've grown up in a small town, you know what I'm talking about. But like everyone knows it's coming. Everyone's complaining about parking and tourists. Hmm. And, but it, at the same time, you like want it to happen because you need the money. It's a small town. Yeah. Anyway, I really liked it. Um, but my parents hated it. But I was in marching band. So that was my oh, way I was able mm-hmm. to get there. <laughs> but there was this stand. Because essentially it's like it's celebrating the discovery of gold uh, near Dahlonega. Um, and it's just like a, a bunch of vendors set up tents and they sell their wares. There's like really probably not great amusement rides the kind that you get on and you're like oh dear like oh taking my life in my, in my hands on this yeah there's yep. like <laughs> some creaking that really shouldn't be happening mm-hmm. um 
And then there's a lot of like food stands and drink stands. And I loved there was one where they made pina coladas. I'm pretty sure they were all non-alcoholic. But anyway, I couldn't Mm. have gotten it. I wouldn't have gotten one and I couldn't have. But I'm pretty sure they (laughs) didn't sell an alcoholic (laughs) version. Uh Um, But you would know like because the stands moved every year as it got bigger and bigger. And you would just follow the, the site of people with those like big tourist cups, you know, like yeah. the tubes. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh, the they're yard, near, the, like, they're close. Long. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Totally. You could get them in a very um, cheap, fake coconut thing, which I sure. did. But uh-huh. I liked the big tube. <laughs> I liked it was like a status symbol as a middle schooler. Like, a sure. little, I got this. <laughs> And yeah. then you get the sugar egg, but it was delicious. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, not at festivals, but definitely like one of the few places that was open past like nine o'clock on, on a weekend in the town where I was growing up, the suburb in South Florida where I was growing up, um, was a TGI Fridays. And mm. so for sure there was a phase where my like middle school to high school friends and I would go and take up an obnoxiously large table and probably the waiters hated us. And, uh, and like the, like the fancy thing that we would order would be like, cause that was like the era of all of these blended drinks. And so, um, we would get like a virgin mudslide or like a virgin pina colada or something like that. And it would be, we would feel very grown up and very (laughs) fancy. I'm sure you were. I'm sure you were. Yeah. I remember just asking for it. I was like, I'll have the pina colada, please. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Here's my money. I did did have a feeling with it. Um, You can see our past cocktail episodes. I feel like we've done several things adjacent. Yeah, definitely daiquiri and Mai Tai. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 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 also, pineapple, uh, the redux. Sure. For, for more on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I suppose that brings us to our question. I suppose it does. The pina colada. What is it? Well, uh, the pina colada is a type of cocktail that can be made in a number of ways, but you're generally looking at a mix of pineapple juice, rum, some kind of coconut element, and uh, maybe a a tart element and or sweetener served over ice, often blended ice. Um, And they can be made more juicy or more creamy depending on the ingredients you use, but but the result is going to be like a sweet, tart, bright, smooth, cold drink that that feels like it was made for sipping beachside, which it probably was. Um, The vibe is like indulgent and kind of retro. It's like a, it's like the beach without the sand. It's just this lovely idealized thing that you don't have to think too hard about. Mm. It is lovely. It's just so refreshing and crisp. Mm-hmm. No, oh. pineapple. no pineapple. <laughs> no, pineapple and coconut are like two of my favorite fruits i don't know what coconut is oh no oh coconut episode forthcoming i very nearly suggested it immediately after suggesting this one but we're gonna give it a little bit of space that one yeah 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 yeah. this is why i've been putting it off annie uh All right. Anyway, uh, okay. like I said, you can achieve this vibe in a number of different ways. Um, The classic is white rum, fresh pineapple juice, fresh lime juice, and cream of coconut. 
And let's talk about those ingredients for just a second before we start on the riffs, okay? So, like, a good white rum is going to taste uh, clean and maybe a little burnt sugary, um, like like toffee almost or molasses, which makes sense because it's made from molasses. Um, maybe a little bit spicy or floral. Fresh pineapple is bright and fruity and floral and sweet tart. Uh, lime, of course, is tart and citrusy or even kind of piney sometimes. And cream of coconut is a specific product that has not seen a coconut in like a very long time. Um, <laughs> this is a specific manufactured product that you are not opening a coconut in order to obtain. Um, it's made with a sweetened, thickened coconut milk that has been canned as this sort of goo. Um, and it's like really easily mixable because it contains so much sugar and other emulsifiers. It's like it's like the nacho cheese of the coconut world, okay? The, the, <laughs> the same way that processed cheese uh, melts real easy, cream of coconut blends real easy. Um, so it lets you take the flavors of an ingredient like coconut milk, which does not necessarily want to play nice with alcohol or acidic elements like lime or pineapple juice, and easily add it to a cocktail that contains those things. However, uh, humans enjoy a challenge. So sometimes pina coladas are made with canned or fresh coconut milk or other creamy elements like cream, like dairy cream, um, or sweetened condensed milk, which is also very blendable. But uh, the name, the name pina colada means pineapple strained, like strained pineapple. So... There are totally versions out there that do not use any cream or coconut. Um, perhaps most famously or commonly the Cuban version, which is pineapple juice, lime juice, rum, and sugar syrup mixed, and then usually over cubed ice. On the flip side, though, and ironically, I guess, uh, uh, colada has colloquially come to mean any creamy, fruity, blended drink. So you might have a banana or strawberry colada made with those fruits, plus cream or coconut. Ah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, uh, cream aside aside, uh, you can also make the drink with different rums uh, or, or other sugarcane liquors, like a rum agricole or cachaça to bring in different flavors. You can make it without rum at all if you don't want to drink today. Um, you can use canned pineapple juice or frozen pineapple chunks instead of a fresh-pressed pineapple. To taste, people add simple syrup to sweeten it. But there are, like, all kinds of riffs. Um, coconut sorbet in there. Maybe use a pineapple rum or pineapple liqueur. People put champagne in it. Ooh. Right? Mm. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I was at the <laughs> store today. I could have... All right. Well, <laughs> there's still time. <laughs> for next time. For next time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also, of course, pina colada is a flavor now, um, and you can get everything from, like, candles to to, to beer with creamy <laughs> pineapple scents or flavors to them. Um, and that last one, Destination Unknown Beer Company, makes a brew called Science of Selling Pina Coladas, and it's brewed with pineapple, coconut, vanilla, and lactose. So, I like the name. <laughs> I mean, right? Right? It doesn't sound like something I would personally enjoy drinking, um, but uh, <laughs> but I appreciate that other people appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like I had a pina colada chapstick oh, when I was growing yeah. up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Probably. Mm-hmm. Probably. Probably. Well, what about the nutrition? Drink responsibly. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, it can be a little bit uh, heavy on the caloric side due to, depending on how you make it, due to uh, inclusion of, of, of fats and sugars. But, you know, so like if it's a treat, treats are nice. Treats are nice. Mm-hmm. And we do like them because uh, we have some numbers for you. <laughs> we do. Okay. Uh, first of all, uh, all right. So, so this is a cocktail that comes originally from Puerto Rico. And rum is a major business there worth some uh, $300 million a year. Also, about 70% of the rum that's consumed in the United States does come from Puerto Rico. Um, there is a tax refund program that helps support this. But yeah, uh, like Bacardi is there, as well as Don Q. Uh, a bunch of smaller distilleries have popped up recently. Uh, and there is a Pina Colada Festival every July in Old San Juan um, uh, with specially priced drinks and desserts inspired by the cocktail on offer at like local bars and restaurants all over the area, plus uh, live music and art markets. There's also... A, a festival, like like Festival Pina Colada in Cuba in March to April, but it's primarily a music festival and, like, gets really nerdy and cool. I write <laughs> in. Let me know about it. Um, yeah. And uh, there is one in uh, Northwich in the UK, which is the birthplace of Rupert Holmes, um, the the creator of... Uh, what is often called the Pina Colada song. Um, (laughs) That happens every August. They have like street games and dancing parades and I think salsa lessons and like music and local establishments all offer their takes on the cocktail. Oh my gosh. Again, if anyone's Hmm. been listeners. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) I I understand that, that, that Holmes does make an appearance some years. Oh, my. Right? Oh, okay. That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about it a little bit. Next yeah, year, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, a couple places have non-officially promoted their largest ever pina coladas. Um, both that I could find in 2017. Like it was a, just a zeitgeist that just in the zeitgeist that year, I guess. But uh, okay. So New York City had one that was about 140 gallons. And uh, and London had one that was about 510 liters, which are like basically the same amount. And both are based on the capacity of cement mixers, which is what was being used to mix oh. the cocktails. <laughs> I, I assume that there was some kind of specialty cement mixer procurement involved. <laughs> I need a specialty cement mixer. Why? <laughs> Pina coladas. <laughs> All right. Okay. Here you go. <laughs> no further questions. Should have just said so. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, huh. uh, okay. And um, as of spring, summer of 2022, the Pina colada was the ninth most popularly ordered cocktail in the United States and the third most popular in the UK, um, right? Uh, in the States, um, the pina colada was the biggest gainer year over year with an 87% increase in orders, taking it to that ninth place from 17th. Wow. It's on a, a winning streak. It's on right? the, the up and up. <laughs> Absolutely. Apparently, right? Yeah. Uh, but... The history has been kind of a up and down. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsors. 
episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Let's go. Give me a vacation. Vacation! Give me a golf course. 70 courses! Let's get a water sport. Can I get excursions? We're watching. Time for chill vibes. Beach yoga! How about a garden tour? Give me a dolphin. What's that spell? If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride in the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So if you've listened to any of our cocktail hours, then you know, without me having to tell you, but I will, the history of the <laughs> pina colada is hotly contested. Oh, yeah. Uh, many sources pointed out that probably people have been mixing a drink similar to this uh, since they figured out how to distill rum uh, and got their hands on pineapple. Again, yep. I do agree. Like, it just makes sense in a lot of cases. Yeah, yeah. That a lot of people were doing it. Um some say the cocktail goes back to the 1800s and a pirate who used the drink to boost morale. <laughs> uh, but most sources do, yes, trace its origins to Puerto Rico. So let us talk about how all of these elements got to there. All right. So um, conquistadors introduced sugarcane to Puerto Rico during like the very first waves of Spanish colonization in the early 1500s, possibly even like the late 1400s. Um in 1523, the first cane processing plant was built, sugarcane processing, and uh, by the end of the 1600s, sugar was one of the colony's main economic products, um, and rum was possibly being produced as well. Uh, also, just want to put it in here, a, a lot of enslavement and suffering was involved in all of this, um, of, of both the uh, native Taino people and, um, and, of African, and of Africans who were brought to the island. Pineapple is native to the island, or at the very least, it was already being cultivated there pre-colonization. Um, coconut trees, meanwhile, which are native to the islands of Southeast Asia, were being planted there by the 1540s, um, probably from introduction by Spanish or Portuguese traders. Again, whole nother episode. I'm intimidated by it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, then, skipping way ahead, um, Americans took control from the Spanish in 1898. And in 1917, Puerto Rico became a U.S. territory and then later a commonwealth. After the World Wars in the 1940s, airlines, American airlines, started providing service to the island. And gambling was legalized. 
and at Hilton became the first big hotel chain to open a resort on the island, uh, the Caribbean. I'm guessing Caribbean Hilton Hotel. It was this like really luxurious destination vacation with the benefit of being a U.S. Commonwealth, you know, like you don't need a passport, right? Um, and all of this set the stage for like a lot of mainland American tourism to the island during that post-war economic boom. Also, uh, tiki bar culture was really booming in the post-war era. Uh, you can see our Mai Tai episode specifically for a lot on that. And this business group called the Puerto Rico Industrial Development Company had started heavily promoting the island's sugarcane and rum industry, including uh, creating a set of like rum production standards. All right. And and um, the first industrial cream of coconut brand, Coco Lopez, developed right around the same time, um, thanks to a grant from the government of Puerto Rico. A lot of this actually happened specifically in 1948. <laughs> Mm, big, big okay. year, big year for the pina colada or for the for the building blocks of the pina colada, I should say. <laughs> yes. OK. So we've got our building blocks. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, how did we get this drink? Again, a lot of different stories. Um, mm -hmm. Many specifically credit it to San Juan and a bartender, Ramon Monchito Marrero Perez, at the Caribbean Hilton's Beachcomber Bar in 1954 or 1952. Mm -hmm. Um so story goes, he blended up rum, cream of coconut, and pineapple juice, maybe amongst other things, and that people loved it. Um, the story goes that he personally served the drink for the next 35 years. Uh, and going back to what you said, Lauren, it makes sense if uh, people are like traveling here, vacationing here at this hotel in specific, that it did kind of get that vibe of this like relaxing, <laughs> I'm on vacation. Yeah, yeah drink. Um, many sources claim that he spent three months perfecting the recipe. And Joan Crawford once said of it that it was, quote, better than slapping Betty Davis in the face. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's one way to describe that's a like drink. That's the most Joan Crawford quote I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't even have to know much about her to really get a lot from that. Heck and oh. heck. All right. Uh -huh. um, um, and a part of this whole thing was that he allegedly made this drink with the newly available uh, Coco Lopez cream of coconut. Um, and that maybe a coconut shortage was a factor and an impetus for oh, this drink. Huh. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. However, of course, he was not the only one that claimed to have made the, the pina colada, the first pina colada. A fellow who worked at the same establishment named Ricardo Garcia sometimes gets credit too. And another guy named Ramon Portes Mingut uh, claims he invented it in 1963 at a restaurant in Old San Juan. Um, the restaurant even has a plaque up to commemorate it. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the Bata China? I'm not sure how to say that out loud. Mm -hmm. But yes, mm -hmm. that is the name of the restaurant. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> From what I understand, it's still there. Um, on top of all of this, uh, there is a 1922 recipe out of Cuba that was pretty close to the pina colada, uh, minus the coconut, and it was shaken instead of blended. Um, uh, many also like to point out Cuba-based Bacardi rum is typically used in pina coladas, though the company opened a distillery in Puerto Rico in 1937. Um, but as you said... There's the kind of Cuban pina colada. Yeah, Cuban then, version now. Yep. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. One theory is that this cocktail was born in part from a similar drink. Yes, the Coca Loco that was served in these hollowed out coconut shells. Um, and then once pineapple juice got added in there, pina colada. <laughs> There's another theory that all of these are somewhat yeah. true. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. That maybe, uh, especially the first two people I mentioned, maybe they, th- that were working in the same establishment, maybe they riffed off each other and uh, their cocktails. Um, added to them, refined to them. Maybe it was an issue of when this drink officially got the name mm-hmm. uh, because it didn't start showing up in cocktail books in this understanding of the pina colada that we're largely talking about until the 1960s. Oh, huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I believe that that recipe, though, out of Cuba, it was called a pina colada. It just didn't have the coconut. The coconut, right. Totally. Mm-hmm. Um, In 1978, the piña colada was declared the official drink of Puerto Rico. And then, yes, Escapes, (laughs) the piña colada song by Rupert Holmes, came out in 1979. But apparently, he felt it detracted from his more serious work. Um, And I will tell you, that song has been stuck in my head since we have been doing this. (laughs) Yep, hard same. Hard same. So, thanks, Rupert Holmes. uh, That... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Thanks, Rupert Hobbs. <laughs> also, I, it was one of those songs where I just would like hum it. And then when I listened to the lyrics, I was like, wait, they're both cheating on each other. <laughs> it works out well in the end, but they're both kind of. <laughs> you know, that's what it's about. It's, yeah. it's about, you know. Escapes. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, if you haven't listened to the lyrics of that song. Either give it a listen or don't. I don't know. (laughs) We can't tell you what to do. We can't. We can't. (laughs) And then we come to the 1980s. Yes, the dark ages of cocktails. We've talked Mm -hmm. about it so many times. And yeah, they were a time of super sweet and artificially flavored pina coladas. And they sort of became a symbol of that. A lot of articles I read said people started to associate specifically the pina colada with this type of drink. Sure. Um, and it, as I said at the top, when I was, you know, drinking it at Gold Rush and getting these sugar headaches, it was like a Shirley Temple level for me as a kid. That I just thought it was a very sweet <laughs> rush of sugar yeah, that was yeah, cold. Yeah, yeah, just, just iconically, right, you know, mm-hmm. like you see, you see fancy grown-ups doing mm-hmm. a cocktail thing and you're like well i can also do a cocktail thing and get a really good sugar rush at the same time here we go yeah mm-hmm. hmm. uh, i still have some of those cups <laughs> i still have one of the like little coconut things too uh and yeah it it this drink also got wrapped up in the the tiki movement as something quote exotic as yeah. you were mentioning lauren um, in 2004, Puerto Rico's governor at the time signed a proclamation naming the Pina Colada the official creation of the Caribbean Hilton for the 50th anniversary. Uh, it's a whole thing. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, as I was saying in the numbers section, like perhaps like in 2022, perhaps in response to that being the first summer that bars were really reopening since the start of the pandemic, All of these bright rum-based photogenic cocktails like the mojito and the pina colada surged in orders in at least a few places around the world, including the U.S. and the U.K. Um, There's also kind of that element of like 70s and or 90s aesthetics being back in fashion right now. So, yeah. 
Yeah. It's very, it's what what a time to be alive. <laughs> it is. It is. I'll get out my butterfly clips and <laughs> sip on a pina colada. I think it's also one of those things. I personally haven't experienced this, but I have seen pina coladas on menus because we also talk about the kind of revival of the craft cocktail movement sure. here in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've seen different takes of the pina colada totally. on um, yeah. a bunch of like craft menus. So Yeah, I mean, and we do have a lot of um, like tiki-inspired craft cocktail culture here in Atlanta. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of riffs on daiquiris and coladas. And, I mean, I'm pretty into a really good daiquiri. Like, that is, yeah. if you, if you want to go somewhere and order a pina colada, I will order a daiquiri right beside you and have a really nice time drinking it. Yeah. And we'll, like, wear sunglasses and recline <laughs> and pretend we're at the beach. I'm yeah. really into this idea. <laughs> okay. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> I need to relax. I've had a lot of stress lately, as you, you know. Oh. <laughs> yes. I feel like that would be a nice, because I don't normally, I think it's been years, years and years, like, seven years since I had pina colada so yeah yeah I like this I like the sound of this I feel like the last time I had a frozen drink was when we went we found a place in Atlanta that would serve a um a margarita with a beer in it oh yeah like they would like like put the beer in the device like turn it upside down into the drink (laughs) into the device yeah oh man (laughs) (laughs) that was a fun time I got to see your first one (laughs) oh I still have that too we should talk about that (laughs) absolutely wow plans and plans and plans Uh, mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. well I think that's what we have to say about the pina colada for now. I think it is. Uh, we do have some listener mail though for you, and uh, we are going to get into that as soon as we get back from a quick break for a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. What's that spell? San Diego. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. And we're back with on a beach yeah yeah oh i want to go oh, <laughs> oh soon maybe <laughs> yeah yeah 
Tina wrote, I too was in high school at the time the prequels, Star Wars prequels, debuted, but I for sure was not too cool for them. <laughs> My husband, one year older than me, strongly dislikes them, while I saw The Phantom Menace something like six times in the theater with various people. <laughs> My friends even had a PVC pipe lightsaber battle in my driveway one evening afterwards. It's been delightful to share the entire universe with my kids, though only my eight-year-old seems to share my love of the prequels. <laughs> seems that Jar Jar is a divisive subject in our house. My 15-year-old son, big fan of most of the Star Wars things, absolutely tracked down some of the blue milk on his marching band's trip to Disney in March of this year. I'm about to embark on a solo vacation to Philadelphia next week, where my best friend and I have plans to cram in lots of activities, including finding some scrapple for me to try. She also insists that I have to try shoe fly pie, though finding a gluten-free version might be a challenge. <laughs> Thank you for your episode on scrapple way back in the past, so I know about it. I will definitely be following up after my trip with feedback. Oh, yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And let us know about the, the, the pie mm -hmm. experience and yeah. and all. It, it makes me, like, like that's one of the, the things that is my most favorite thing about us generation of older nerds growing up and getting to introduce things to our nerd children. Not that I have <laughs> children at all, but but yeah, like, like yeah. watching... Whenever I have like any kind of Star Wars gear about my person, like like someone always excitedly shares that they've like gotten their kids into Clone Wars or whatever it is that it is. Yes. And I'm like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love it too. Mm -hmm. And it was funny because my friends also had a PVC pipe lightsaber battles. We painted oh, yeah. them and in, in separate colors. We had a whole craft day. But then I upgraded and I got like the pretty cheap, but like you flip it. And oh, it yeah. Would extend, but it mm -hmm. had some sound effects and lighting. Sure. And me and my friend would turn out the lights. We'd play <laughs> Duel the Fates. <laughs> and we'd have a strobe light lightsaber battle. And it was oh, the yeah. coolest. We would do it for like 10 minutes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My, 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 like, my, like, proto filmmaker nerd friends, like, mm. made, like, like, did fight choreography and, like, made videos with, like, wow. special effects, like, the whole thing, the whole yes. thing. I love it. Uh, I also <laughs> did want to, did want to share the detail that, that I remembered after we recorded that conversation, um, that, like, it, it was like it was delightful to me at the time as much as I, I I was not a personal fan of the prequels, but it was so delightful to me that other people were into Star Wars again. And that like I, I remember one day I was volunteering at um like a like a preschool age summer camp situation. Um, and I had like the exact same conversation one day with one of my four year olds that I did with my actual friends. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And it made me so happy. It was just so like pure. I was just like, oh heck yeah, yeah. like so good. I love it. I love it. That's I, like I said in that when we were talking about it. Like when I see a kid dressed up as Ray or just no, like but, yeah. yeah, seeing that fandom. And then going back to Disney, Disney now has this thing that I would have died if I could have done it as a child, where mm -hmm. you get to like go to Jedi training. Yeah. Um, but I too, when I was in marching band, I joined marching band to go to Disney. <laughs> Okay. And at the time, there was only, like, two Disney rides, and they neither was very good. For Star um, Wars. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for Star Wars. But I remember, I was like, we've got to go. We've got to <laughs> do it. <laughs> so I relate to that, too. It's, a, it's, it's great. I love it. Aww. Yes, yes. <laughs>
Huh. Uh, Arik wrote about Sacha. Uh, had never heard of it that I recall, but now we need to take Lauren for hot pot. Hot pot all around, ASAP. I also think Annie had a new origin story kickstarted. With Christine's mail on pie, uh, we all need to step up and help with the pie research. I do wish meat pies were more available in the U.S. I remember some great ones from my visits to England. Uh, so we need to get all listeners on board and start a massive pie research. Let's do this. I think we can. I believe oh, in yeah. us. I, d- I do too. <laughs> I think you all are ready. I think you're... <laughs> we can assemble and we can get this done. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, hard agree that more savory pies need to be available in my face. Um. <laughs> yes, specifically that. <laughs> but, but, you know, like around the rest of the United States as well. <laughs> uh, yeah, me too. And also... A same about hot pot. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I actually got my hands on some sacha, sacha, and I have been. It is so good. I knew I had had it before, but I couldn't quite place the flavor. Yeah, with the name, and I've been making fresh spring rolls Ooh. and dipping them in sacha, and it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's been amazing. Oh yay! <laughs> I'm so happy for you. Thank you. You should be. I, I'm living the, the best life. And the spring rolls, <laughs> like, not as complicated as I thought, but they're very finicky once you make them, actually. You've got to eat them right away. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's no sleeping on them. Mm-mm. It's been a learning curve, but I have a lot of those rice paper wrappers. So <laughs> I'm sure I've got a lot of time to experiment. If, if you listeners have any ideas, now I could use them. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, heck, as always. Or, right, yeah, d- definitely anything, anything else that we've talked about, please do mm-hmm. write in. Please do. Uh, thanks to both of these listeners for writing. If you would like to write to us, you can. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We are also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod, and we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening, and we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit tomboyx.com to shop.